As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, Islamic guys. We are finally at the last episode of the series. We made it. Mashallah. I hope your Ramadan has been a very productive one. I hope this series has been helpful we're going to close this session on something that makes a lot of sense as we wrap up we're going to cover the dua that is typically recited called khatmul quran and what it means All right, Islamic guys, we are finally at the end of this um, this series. This is our last episode. I hope that in this series everyone benefited from Amna's um, uh, insights. And inshallah, it was a good companion of yours as you did your Ramadan. And uh, hopefully now that it's out there in the interweb, it remains useful for everyone who uh, wants to benefit from it going forward. To cap things off, this is a perfect series, this perfect ending to the series with a, a really relevant subject, uh, the Khatamul uh, Quran. So basically, that last dua that people typically recite once the Quran is completed. So, Amna, tell us what it's all about. Well, what happens is that usually when we finish um, when we finish reading the Quran, we say this dua in Arabic, and um, I've been able to find many translations of them in Urdu, but unfortunately I couldn't find anything in, in English. So I thought that, you know, this might be a good opportunity to translate it in English to my best ability because there's so many beautiful words and and overall the message in this final dua, it basically, it's uh, it summarizes everything perfectly. And I think this is a dua that we should actually memorize, not just uh, when we are able to finish the, the book of Allah, but generally I think this is a dua we should be saying every day. So just to translate it uh, in English, what we're saying in this dua is, Allah in the grave, when I'm terrified and alone, then Ya Allah, make the Quran my companion and place your rahmat on me through this Quran. And in this world, make this Quran my imam, my leader, 
so I may follow it. And make this Quran a noor for me. And make this Quran extreme hadayat for me and rahmat for me. And O oh Allah, make me remember that of the Quran which I may forget and of the things that I don't know or that I, I was not able to understand, then Ya Allah, please teach me. Give me the effort and the strength that I may keep reading this day and night. And O oh Lord of the worlds, make this Quran testify for me, not against me. This is the entire dua. And what you see is that towards the end, what we realize is that the Quran will actually be bearing witness um, either for us or against us on the Day of Judgment. And what that means is um, it's not just that if we were reading it, then uh, it will testify for us. It is if we were reading it and following it, if we actually made it our imam. If we actually, um, you know, if we made it our leader, then it will testify for us on the day of judgment that yes, Allah, this person, this person would often would read the message and he tried his level best to actually follow it. And I bear witness to that. Or this Quran will be testifying against us that Allah, um, he never once bothered to read me or he did, but he never really followed. He never really paid heed to any of the, of, the, of the commands or the advice or the instructions that were present in it. And just one thing I wanted to mention here, it's um, something that was said by Hazrat Ali, which I think is beautiful. He said, you know, um, if you love pearls, then um, someone who has an obsession for pearls will dive into the ocean and he will strive his level best to find pearls. And imagine how huge the ocean is. You know, the ocean is this massive body of water. And in this massive body of water, there are just tiny pearls that this diver is trying to find. But because he's so passionate, he's so desperate, he's so much in love for those pearls, he keeps searching day and night and day and night so that he can find them. And so Hazrat Ali says, this is what the believer should be when it comes to the Quran. The Quran is like an ocean of knowledge. It's like there's so much wisdom in it that despite scholars, despite people having tried to interpret it and study it for 1400 years, there is still so much that we have not yet discovered. And so the idea that Hazrat Ali was, he was telling us that just like the ocean, the Quran is actually this massive body of knowledge. And so if you are desperate to obtain that knowledge, you will have to spend day and night diving into it. Day and night, you will have to be researching it and trying to understand it and examine it and analyze it. But that can only happen if you are truly desperate. So just like the diver is truly desperate for those pearls, if you're desperate to gain the pearls of wisdom that are there in the Quran, then you'll be able to get it. Uh, and one uh, final dua that I wanted to end with. This is a dua that the Prophet, peace be upon him, he would often recite as well. Again, if you uh, listen to the wordings, you will see it is intense. Um, it, there is a lot of feeling, very, very strong emotion, extreme feeling of someone who believes that he is nothing more than a slave. So his prayer is, he would say, Ya Allah, I am your slave. 
My father too is your slave. My mother too is your slave. I am in your grasp. My forelock or my forehead is in your hands. And in my entire body, only your command flows. Whatever you decide for me will definitely be the most just. And so Allah, I question you using all your beautiful names, all the names you have mentioned in any of your books, those which you have taught to any of your creations, or those names which you have kept hidden. Make this Quran the joy of my heart, the light of my chest, and one that consoles me during my times of pain, distress, and worry. So again, another beautiful dua that, you know, we shouldn't just be saying at the end of the Quran. I think this is a dua we need to be saying every single day. Is that, you know, at times being a, a slave of Allah ourselves, we don't know how to ask Allah. When we are in trouble, when we are worried, we don't know the right words to use when we want to ask Allah for help. And most of the times when you look at our duas, we're, we have so many things we're asking Allah for that we barely remember to even ask Allah that make this Qur'an my leader. Make this Qur'an, uh, you know, the light of my chest. Or the fact that make this Qur'an my companion when I'm in the grave and I'm completely alone and I'm terrified. You know, so, you know, it's a gift that Allah has even given us these uh, duas, just making it easy for us that when you, when you don't know the right words to use, the duas are already compiled for you. Just read them. Yeah, thank you very much. I think what I really liked about this is the fact that two things. One is that this dua is hinting or suggesting or indicating that this is not a one-time activity in, the, in Ramadan. This is an ongoing activity that must should be maintained. And this is supposed to be a relationship that you have with this Quran um, ongoing for the rest of your life. So that's very nice. I think the other part that I really liked is the humility of the Prophet's um, dua. And I noticed his du'as always have this very powerful um, language that highlights how vulnerable and reliant we are upon our God, and yet there is this element of love and adoration for the Creator. It's similar to that du'a, actually. Um, maybe if there's another session we can do that on. I don't think we covered it in the series about... Um, uh, the du'a that Prophet did after uh, his very, very difficult time at Thai. Yeah, we, we, and that du'a in yeah, itself we, is just... We is did moving. cover that du'a. Yeah, you may have covered did, it back, yeah. Uh, yeah. But just yeah. an extremely yeah. powerful And if you compare, there's a lot of similarities in the tone yeah. that uh, Prophet mm-hmm. used. So, great, uh, fantastic. Um, uh, I guess uh, this is uh, the the end of, of this fantastic I, I series. I just actually wanted to ask you... And, that in your yep. opinion, what do you think are some of the challenges that our new and upcoming generation faces when it comes to this link of the Qur'an? The reason I'm saying this is because I keep remembering this verse in the Qur'an where Allah says that the disbelievers, they want to extinguish the light of Islam by, by their mouths. And the way that it can be explained is that you know, the idea is not to have war. The idea is not to physically fight with the Muslims, but the idea is to disunite the ummah by coming up with all kinds of intellectual arguments, means by which the more naive Muslims, who have never studied the Qur'an, who don't really understand, they can be confused. You know, so they can start asking all kinds of questions that, yeah, 
you know, this is interesting. Why does Allah say this? Or this seems a little bit unfair. Or why does Allah talk about Jahannam so much? Or why does Allah talk, talk about fearing him so much? You know, the, they get confused because of these things. And then the idea is that this is a huge challenge which we have to face. So what's your thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, I think that in my humble opinion, um, the issue is not that Iblis has focused on how can people get uh, confused about the Quran. I think 99% of the problem is that uh, Iblis has found a straight path into our pockets by way of the mobile phone and the internet. And while this internet is an incredibly powerful resource because anywhere you are, you can pull it out and go to Quran.com or whatever, and recite or something, or you can go to YouTube and listen to your favorite sheikh, whoever it is that you now there's a billion of them, and they all, mashallah, are propagating a fantastic message. The problem is that 90x percent of our ummah now are pulling out their phone to see the latest TikTok video, or who made a comment on my Facebook comment. Or what's the latest YouTube something that I'm following? Or, for example, not even social media, uh, work. Work now follows you everywhere you go on your phone. So now you are attached to your phone for work. You are attached to your phone for 5,000 distractions. Remember that when you were back even 100 years ago, your distractions were minimal. You might have sat next to an FM radio and that's it, right? So you had nothing to do. Maybe you would sit around, you grab a book and read it. So the Quran was there, maybe I'll read that. I think the biggest challenge that we have in this society now is that the Quran and, and Islam as a topic becomes work. And there's 5,000 options for play. Play is no longer just one thing. There's 5,000 options calling you. There are creators on YouTube and Facebook and blah, 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 and all of this stuff and movies. And so people don't, don't, Iblis is almost so good at distracting that a person's mind doesn't go here unless they genuinely try. And the good part is, actually the flip side of the coin is, in this world we live in, for example, you, there are people championing this cause like you and a person can listen to you, they can listen to just any kind of person you want now. So the flip side of the coin is now information on the Quran, its understanding, the link of the hadith and what was the meaning of the specific ayah, when was it revealed and all of this stuff in video format, in audio format is all available. So a person can do their research a thousand times easier. My concern is that things are so easy and yet I think the message is getting drowned. It's getting drowned because people want to show their food on Instagram. And people want to see who, how many people, how many likes they got on some random Facebook comment. Or people have to see TikTok videos from morning to evening. That's the problem, that the play has become so much that people don't see this as play. 
people don't see this as oh joy. I want to learn the Quran because it gives me joy. Uh, even though I think in this environment it is very easy to do. So, for example, Amna, um, you after Ramadan, why don't you answer the question? How do you? What is your relationship to the Quran and Islam generally? That that, that such that you find it enjoyable. It's not work. You know, there's somebody, a teacher with a tanda saying, Acha betho idhar, you have to sit for one hour, you have to do this now. Why do you find Islam to be joy rather than work? See, with me is, um, I came to the Quran quite late. And I think uh, the reason that in the beginning it was work for me, it was not joy. And other people might be able to relate to this is because I found, I had this misconception uh, that uh, if I study the Quran or if I start to get into it, there's going to be, I'll have to make a lot of changes. You know, I, I won't be able to have a good life. I won't be able to enjoy my life. I'm going to have to, uh, my life will be very constrained. There's just so much about what is halal and what is haram. And I don't even know if I'm, if I'm going to be able to still, um, uh, you know, have some fun time with my friends and do other stuff. And maybe even watching movies will become haram for me. It was this misconception that um, entering into the Quran, you know, once I have that knowledge, then I will feel obliged to follow it. And I'd rather not because I don't know what's inside. I mean, I don't know what kind of terrifying commands of Allah are actually there, which will actually make my life miserable. And, you know, and for that reason, the idea was ignorance is bliss. You know, it's, it's better not to know. It's better to just enjoy your life as it is. So I guess the idea is that you spend a long period of time just living in that ignorance mode, but there's this guilt, this thing inside of you that keeps eating away at you. And at times people are very good at just ignoring it. And at times, you, you know, you've had that guilt for so long, you finally want to address it. And so then the idea is, okay, let me just open it up and see what exactly is inside. And so then when I started getting into it, I realized that the commands actually are not difficult at all. And not once is the Quran saying that your life is now going to be constrained. It has to be boring. Um, you know, you cannot enjoy your life anymore. It's all deen and the, there can be no room for dunya. It doesn't say that. And I think that's exactly what the problem is with many people nowadays as well. There are, of course, many issues in the ummah. But one of them is the fact that we are terrified and we run. So when somebody talks to us about Islam, we just run in the opposite direction. We don't like to listen. Um, so that, I think, is, is one issue. Another issue is, I think, unfortunately, many people who do start to, um, uh, you know, start this journey of the Quran and start to gain knowledge, they become self-righteous in the sense that they believe they have the right to judge those who do not understand the Quran or who are still struggling with it. And this idea of judging others is something that is, you know, it it uh, gives a very bad image, a bad impression of Islam. And I know many friends of mine, I know many friends of mine who have moved away from Islam because they wanted to learn, but then someone came, um, some teacher who judged them, who, you know, who made sarcastic comments at them because, you know, it wasn't easy for them to enter. So they would enter and then they would exit and then they would enter and then they would exit. You know, of course, as a Muslim, it takes time. And they would keep making mistakes, but the teacher would get annoyed and the teacher would start giving them sarcastic comments. And, he, and she would become so judgmental that they said, you know, if this is Islam, then I'm better off without it. So that's another problem. And then, of course, what I just said about our young generation who seems to be so confused with so many verses. And unfortunately, 
We have scholars who have done outstanding work, outstanding work in English as well as in Urdu to clarify those, um, those misconceptions. But the young generation just doesn't seem interested. You know, like you said, maybe it's Facebook, maybe it's TikTok videos, things that um, they have questions, but they don't want to search for the answer because the answers are all available. They just want to run in the opposite direction. Yeah, I think unfortunately that is the that is the case. But inshallah, as things like this series and stuff like that becomes more available, yeah. more accessible, then hopefully people find groups that, that make sense to them. For me, I think my relationship is is a um, is a backdoor backdoor relationship into the Quran through um, the Prophet's life. I am uh, infatuated with his life, with his personality, with the way that that man was. Which is, you know, every time I think about it, I just I, I can't even imagine that a man like that existed. So for me, um, my path to the Quran and the ayahs that I, I recite every day or things that I learn is actually through the life of the Prophet So one of the things I can recommend to everyone is uh, Dr. Yasser Qadi. Yasser Qadi, he, um, he has the only most comprehensive seerah on the Prophet life, the most comprehensive, over 100 and I think it's 20 videos on YouTube. Just you look up Yasser Qadi, Q-A-D-H-I, and space Sira. Um, that's it, you'll find it. It's, a, it's, a, it's an entire playlist. And the best part about something like that is it's like a movie. So he walks you through uh, almost a linear timeline of the life of the Prophet. And if you really want to understand mm-hmm. him, and from that, you want to understand God and the message and, and the, the trials, tribulations, where all of this came from. There's simply no better way to do it. I listen as often as I can. I'm on doing it for the third time now. Uh, 30 minutes in the morning when you're in the drive or you're going to school or whatever it is you're doing. Just put it in your ears and you will be mesmerized. It's great. It's, 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 it's yeah. storytelling but it's storytelling about the greatest man that ever existed. And that, as we understand what is happening, Battle of Badr, uh, Battle of Uhud, uh, Ta'if, uh, Medina, early years, all of that, as you hear his life and what's happening around everything, at the same time, uh, Dr. Yasqadi is telling you, this, this ayah is being revealed here, this is being revealed here, and the whole picture comes together, and that's where... For me, it becomes comes alive, and uh, from here I pick out ayahs that I really, really love, that I have a special relationship with, and I try to keep those. So, you know, inshallah, look, I mean, I think that the battle um, will always continue between Iblis and and uh, God's message, but um, you know, inshallah, inshallah, things like this uh, uh, find uh, find their home to uh, for for people who can benefit for them, and and there are many, many more resources like yeah. this. So one thing... No, yeah. I just wanted right, to say on. that uh, just a, as an ending note from my side was that um, the reason, the intention for starting off this Furkan Studios, this, these episodes was just so that both of us, me and you, we could give people just a gist of the Quran, you know, just enough information, simple, brief, concise, but just enough information to get them interested in this book. 
I mean, of course, it's not possible to describe it in immense detail in just 20-minute sessions, but the idea was to just give them an idea that there's nothing to be scared about. There's nothing in this book that's terrifying. There's actually a lot of wisdom, and there's a lot of love in this book. So, um, and I just wanted to end it by saying that in our attempt to translate many of the tafsir in English, if there has been any mistake in terms of the wording that we used or the way we were trying to describe Allah's um, Allah's words and you know convey the emotions or the feelings, if there has been any mistake we have made, then may Allah uh, forgive us all. May Allah forgive both of us, me and you. Because um, the intention was just to try and explain it in English for those who have difficulty, under, you know, going over the tafsir in Urdu. Um, so I hope that if any mistake has been made, may Allah forgive both of us. And may Allah make it easy for everyone. May Allah put the love of this Quran in the hearts of all those who have listened to us and everyone else. Ameen. And I'm sure that... Um... <clears throat> Uh, you know, we, we end every session with Allah knows best. Indeed, Allah knows best. So exactly uh, as Amna said, we apologize if anything was said wrong. But look, uh, we're at the end of the series, uh, folks. We're actually just contemplating how we will continue this, uh, these uh, these chats going forward. Uh, we have a couple of ideas. If you have some ideas and you guys want to share with us, please, Bismillah, Lu. We'd love to hear what would be beneficial for you guys. But inshallah, you guys will hear from us soon. I hope the Ramadan was a blessing for you. Inshallah, please, everybody enjoy your Eid. Remember us, please, in your prayers as well. And inshallah, keep, uh, keep the faith strong. Thank you very much. Assalamualaikum. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.